hey, America, you might want to do a little homework on your intel before you try starting a war between people who got nothing to do with your domestic terrorists that were from fucking New Jersey. Whew, boy, that's a high-octane flick. Um, so yeah, I just watched it. I, I'm, I'm coming off of my watch just now. I just finished watching Sicario, Day of the Soldado. And uh, look, there's some pretty cool stuff going on here. It's um, You can tell this is a sequel that was made because Sicario was so successful. And they thought, maybe we should try to cash on this whole thing again. And that's kind of exactly what they did here. And um, the plot is basically, uh, my little teaser there, you have essentially suicide bombing happens kills a bunch of people and then the CIA gets involved and they're going to start this they're going to do like a false flag and have these two rivals escalate their conflict because they believe their rivals are escorting these terrorists um across the border to um from Mexico into the US so they can conduct terrorist operations so you have quote terrorists which are sort of unnamed Arabic people. We don't know who they are or what they are, other than they are terrorists that blow themselves up in America, which is always really scary. And um, and the Mexican cartel is responsible for transporting them across the border into the U.S. so they can conduct these operations. And um, I believe that's actually not that far-fetched. Um, I believe that there was a... Um, I feel like there was a rumor or there was a, a report about uh, Hezbollah being involved in Mexico's drug war, which is kind of interesting. So I don't know how much of that is uh, is actually true, but I've, but I've heard that the Hezbollah's presence in Mexico is real. Um, so I thought maybe that was the inspiration for some of the plot points in this movie, which is pretty, pretty crazy, man, when you think about it. So anyway, the point of this, so I guess my point is it's not unprecedented, but the point of this film is not that. The point of this film is for Matt Graver, our main man, of course, played by the wonderful Josh Brolin. You get a lot of the same people back. Benicio is Alejandro. Josh Brolin is Matt Graver. Uh, we get Isabella. Uh, I think it's Mon- Moner as Isabel Reyes. Jeffrey Donovan back as Steve Forzing, which was really awesome. The rest I didn't even care about. I guess Matthew Modine's in it. He plays James Riley, Secretary of Defense. But it was cool to see Jeffrey Donovan revising his role as Steve Forcing. That was kind of neat. And then, um, yeah, so the plot is is a little bit bananas, but Sicario's plot was kind of crazy too. And it is, I mean, I liked it. I mean, it's got cool action sequences. There's a lot of, you know, uh, small arms conflict, boner moments where you have border crossings and gun battles and they uh, they feel real. They feel good, meaning they don't seem too over the top or too far-fetched. And you get guys parachuting at night. And it's essentially, you know, these these films to me remind me of a Tom Clancy novel the way uh, they have international repercussions, yet they involve a lot of domestic action, and you get guys going in and grabbing guys for capture missions, you got kill missions, you got guys getting executed, but they're not really dead. So it has all of the hallmarks of that type of film. So if you like that type of film, I think it's worth checking out. 
In fact, it's it's hard to watch Day of the Soldado and not compare it to Sicario 1, right? We're always going to do that, of course. It's not the same director. I believe it was written by Taylor Sheridan, though. But it's not the same director, um, so it's you know it doesn't have the hallmarks of Villeneuve. There there aren't a lot of there aren't a lot of wonderful shots in this film. You, you don't you I mean you can feel it right. You can feel that the film lacks the cinematography expertise of Villeneuve when you're watching it when you compare it to Sicario. But I want to talk about this idea of comparing films for a second because we're always going to compare sequels to the original film, right? That's just something we're going to do. And it is fair because the realistic thing is that that's just what's going to happen. The reality is you watch a movie, they make a sequel, you watch the sequel, you're invariably going to compare the two. I just think that's human nature. Now, I would call Sicario Day of the Soldado a solid like C movie. And I would call Sicario a solid A movie. And some of those reasons aren't really apparent other than they're retreading a lot of the same grounds. Um, And it doesn't have the same emotional impact. It is cool, but the the tension never quite achieves the level it does in Sicario. And And something that Soldado doesn't have that Sicario has is that when you are watching Sicario, there seems to be this sense of dread and tension permeating the entire movie. I think a lot of that has to do with Villeneuve's eye. I think a lot of it has to do with the music in the movie. Um, I guess uh, the music in this movie is not done by the guy who did uh, uh, Sicario. The guy who did Sicario was uh, the gentleman who has passed away. He was really young. He was like in his 50s. Johan Johansson, he did Rival. Um Sicario and a couple of other films. He has a really cool style. I think that added a lot to the tension, to the sense of dread that Sicario had that Soldado didn't. This composer, although his music was kind of cool, and they do actually use the Sicario, that droning theme. Boom, 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 like that, you know? I can't really make that fucking noise in my mouth. But my point is that that exists. That exists in Sicario, and it does not exist in Soldado. You never quite feel you feel a little bit detached from this. You feel a lot of bodies dropping and you don't really seem to care. And I'm not sure what that says about the movie. Now, one of the things I was talking about when I started talking about this movie was this idea of the sequel, right? So we are going to always compare the two movies, but I do wonder if I wiped Sicario out of my mind and I just watched Day of Soldado, if I could go in and say, I want to delete the memory of Sicario tomorrow for 24 hours, and I'm going to watch Soldado in that time period, if I would feel any differently about it, I find myself engaging in that mental exercise often. I wonder, would I feel differently about this movie if there wasn't a precedent set by a movie before it? And it's impossible to know because I can't glean that perception because I can't time travel and I also can't selectively erase certain memories for a temporary period of time, right? Until that science fiction technology exists, I don't know how I will ever feel about a sequel if it would ever be a pure vision, if that makes sense. I don't know if pure is the right way to say it, but I wonder about that. I wonder if I'll ever have a pure vision of a sequel based on always having comparative notes to the original. Now, some people say it's not fair to compare the two, but I think that's an unrealistic position because 
you can tell that Soldado is attempting to conjure some of the greatness that is Sicario. So by by doing that, by becoming a bit of a, I guess you could say facsimile, you are always going to have echoes of the original that just don't, that that a lot of times don't have the same resonance as the original. That's not to say they're not better, right? A lot of people argue Empire is better than Star Wars. And that that is probably true, to be perfectly frank. And you could you can see some sequels are going to be better than the original. It just happens to be a rare thing. And and Soldado's no exception. It's no Sicario. It is enjoyable to watch, but you never really quite feel the tension in the emotional resonance. When we're following the Emily Blunt character, we feel a connection to her. We feel an intensity. And although there are moments of intensity in this movie, you always just feel like you're kind of watching a facsimile of the original. Because if you go back and watch the original, you're going to have feelings in you that you don't have when you watch Soldado. At least I didn't. And that's just because of the frame of reference of the first one. And it felt less like I was observing this character. I think I think in this movie, there's no real character to relate to. That's one of the struggles with this movie. You can relate to the Emily Blunt character, which is a very much fish out of water. She's in the situation. She's in over her, eh, her head. We feel the intensity. We feel the dread. We feel that we feel that whole theme in Sicario through her eyes. She is our perception of the events taking place by proxy. And in this, it's just a bunch of experts. So it's hard. It's hard to put ourselves in the seat, the driver's seat of Soldado and really feel, to really experience cinematically what's happening. We are almost like casual observers. I feel like I'm in a drone. I feel like I'm in the eye of a drone just looking down on this event and watching it, less personal connection to it, which is what I felt in Sicario that this just didn't have. And even if Sicario was never made, you could still make the argument that you don't really connect to any of these characters quite the way you do um, in other films, Sicario aside, right? You don't you don't feel, wow, what does this feel like? Even when you watch a film like First Blood, which we just covered in the science fiction film podcast, you can almost get a sense for wonder for 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 sympathy and knowing how our main character feels. You never quite feel that way when you're following Matt Graver's story. You you never really feel that way when you're following Alejandro's story. We can't wrap our heads around how these guys feel or what they think. And they're the only characters in the movie that are interesting to know about. And they're just kind of unreachable for, for normal people who are watching this movie. It's hard to relate to the all-powerful Matt Graver. It's hard to relate to the all-powerful Alejandro. It's much more feasible to relate to the Emily Blunt character in the first film, right? Or pick a movie. I'm going to continually reference the first movie because it just makes sense to me. It's realistic to do so. But you can use you can use John Rambo in the first First Blood movie, obviously not the second one. You can use uh, pick a pick a movie in an action star where they are where you can sympathize with what they're going through. It's just much harder to do in this film, in my personal opinion. But that's not to say there aren't moments of badassery. I mean, even uh, I think his name is Elia Rodriguez is the uh, is the is the kid in the movie who ends up shooting Alejandro. Spoiler alert: um, He doesn't die, by the way. Don't worry. He comes back in the end. They shoot him in the face, but he lives. It was actually a pretty shocking scene, to be perfectly honest with you. 
And uh, that was something that I thought maybe was a little bit weak. And, and it's that. It's, spoiler, I guess too late for that, but it's when when Alejandro gets shot at one point in the face, he's got like this bag on his head, so you can't really see. He just goes limp, as you would imagine he would. And and I thought, wow, what a crazy situation. It would make, it, it almost made sense poetically, and I'm going to give a wire spoiler here, so if you haven't seen that, heads up, but it's almost like when Omar gets shot and killed in the wire by a child. You're like, of course, it would have to be a child. No man is going to take him out, right? And, and it was almost, I felt like it was almost a callback to that idea was this, was, was when Alejandro gets shot, I thought, holy shit, what a crazy situation here. He got killed by this kid who's trying to be in this gang, who's trying to be something, I guess you could say. And I thought there was a bit of poetry in that, but then he lives and at the end he says, I'm going to make you a, I'm going to make you a Sakari. And I was like, ah, you kind of wimped out on me movie. You kind of wimped out, which was unfortunate, but, um, but yeah, man, there there is, you know, there is plenty to like in this movie. And uh, some of the action scenes are great. But overall, it just lacks emotional resonance to me. It doesn't have the same impact on me as you would imagine. Um, I do want to talk about Isabel Reyes, the character. Um, she is the capture target. So, you know, they're staging this false flag. What they're going to do is they're going to grab her, pretend it was this other gang that did it this other cartel gang and then get these two cartel gangs at each other's throats. You know, they murder, they murder one of the guy's lawyers and then they steal the daughter of the other guy. And they're trying to, they're trying to push this conflict. They're trying to embroil them in this bigger conflict as a, as a false flag. So they can really come down on them kind of, I guess is what we're supposed to believe. And, it, yeah, so so here's the plot. I'll read it right from Wikipedia. Suicide bombing in Kansas City. Retail shop kills 15. The U.S. government responds by authorizing Matt Graver to apply extreme measures who are suspected of smuggling terrorists across the border, the cartels. Uh, Graver and the DOD decide the best options to instigate a war between the major cartels, and Graver recruits black operative Alejandro Gilik for the mission. Uh, Alejandro assassinates a high-profile uh, Matamoros cartel in Mexico City, while Graver and his team kidnap Isabel Reyes, the daughter of Kingpin of the rival, a false flag. And of course, that goes tits up because these guys who conducted this operation were born in the United States. So that's that's kind of a bit of a suspension of disbelief right there, which is something that Sicario didn't have much of, but Soldado does. The whole premise of Soldado is built on a bit of a thin premise that the CIA and the FBI would 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 authorize and execute a false flag operation before getting more information on the victims in the, but, but before getting more information on the terrorists and the perpetrators in the film who blew up the grocery store because they were born in New Jersey. So they start this whole thing. They waste all these resources, get all these people killed as a result of it. Now I can buy government incompetence for sure. <laughs> Just listen to any of my podcasts. But it seemed to be a bit of a bridge too far for me, especially coming in the Sicario vein, which which shows Mac Raver as a very competent individual. This just seemed a little bit ham-fisted in there for the sake of it, which was too bad. Um, but, you know, I only watched the movie once. It is kind of long. It is a little bit complicated, and there might be details that I'm missing, but it just didn't stick with me as much as I would imagine uh, that, that, that I imagined it would. Um, it just was a little bit, it was a bridge too far, I guess. We were stretching credulity. <laughs> but 
a couple of things. This girl is great. I think she she plays this fiery girl. Um, she's she's great. I I feel like she's going to be a good actress. I don't know how old she is, but I feel like she's on the precipice of doing something pretty good. And the fact that she was in this movie playing this fiery daughter who gets in a fight at school and then finds herself bonding with Alejandro who lost his daughter, which we know that was a nice dramatic through line that they maintained from the first film. That's something the movie did right, which was Alejandro's affection for the girl. Because when things get ugly, they're like, oh, we got to wipe them out. We got to get rid of the girl. I'm going to kill her, blah, blah, blah. We got all this shit. And Alejandro's just not having it because he has this connection from the first movie, which comes through in this character. Another, you, you might argue another failure of intelligence to know Alejandro's history, that he lost his wife and daughter, that he might, <laughs> might be affectionate towards a, a kidnapped girl who is innocent in this whole thing. But again, little missteps like this from a plot writing perspective that were just a little too much and knocked the movie down a little bit despite uh, a very valiant effort. Also, the action scenes were good. I really dug them. Um, there's a couple of great moments one of the things the Sicario films do is that they don't make the action bloated and convoluted. It happens very quickly and it ends very quickly and it's intense and it's awesome. And you feel that the operators in these situations are executing their missions with realism. You feel the deadly lethality as something that they could actually bring to bear on the people around them. It doesn't feel manufactured. It feels strong. And it's one of the things I really like about this movie. I thought they did a good job with that. So there is that. Um, performances I want to talk about because Del Toro's great. Isabel is great. Moner Jeffrey Donovan is great as forcing. I mean, serviceable. They're, they're playing the roles they're supposed to play. But I got to tell you, Josh Brolin is excellent. And even though Benicio Del Toro was a bit of a showstopper in the first film, I really think Josh Brolin commanded this film. I think without Brolin, this film is not that good at all, to be perfectly frank. Um, I thought he was really good in this movie. He was believable. Um, there are moments when he is clashing with Cynthia Fords, played by Catherine Keener, I believe is her name. And uh, it's really believable. You know, she's... She's the mouthpiece of of the Secretary of Defense. Essentially, she's the mouthpiece of the president, so to speak. And and we see we see these moments of of Graver being like, you know, you do your fucking job, explain it to him. That's how we win. This is how we do it, right? You you wanted me to get dirty, and, that, and now you're telling me you don't want to get dirty. And it's just one of those things. Sorry, I'm dropping shit over here. And um. He's telling her to spin it, you know, do your job, I believe is one of the things he's saying. And I like that. I like that kind of rivalry. I like seeing that he is up against it a little bit. And when things go south and Mexican police end up dead, despite attacking the American convoy first, it's just a bad scene and they want to pull the plug on it. And it sucks because you start making these relationships and, you know, that kind of dramatic tension exists in the movie. And I think that's good. I don't mean to say there's no emotional connection whatsoever. You feel what, what, how much of a mind fuck it must be to, you have the situation, you have a mission half done and then they pull the plug on it. So now these people that you've recruited into this mission are getting left in the, in the wind. And that's just rough. You stake your reputation, you stake, you know, you're, you're, you, you're compromising yourself morally, so to speak, when you pull these people into this thing and you're trying to get this mission done and then you have to abandon them. You have to walk away. That's rough, and you do feel that in this movie, which is one of the positives of it, no doubt. And 
And like I said, the performances are excellent. Um, again, I think Josh Brolin is probably probably the standout in this movie. And um, action scenes are great. You know, the the locale is the same. Like I said, it lacks some of the shots. Um, probably the probably the story. One of the most interesting storylines is probably with uh, the Miguel character played by Elijah Rodriguez. Um, the Miguel character is this kid who gets swept up, swept up into this, and he starts working the border with these guys in this gang. I don't know if they're mixed up with the cartel. I think they probably are. And you just feel him slipping away into a world that is just very unforgiving and brutal, and he's going to become part of it. And the whole time you're watching this movie, you, you almost feel like you don't want him to do this. You don't want him to be there. You know, he escapes certain death when he, you can tell he's feeling bad about what he did when he shot Alejandro because he bails out of the truck. Later, those guys in that truck all get wasted by Graver and his men. And you're thinking, wow, he made this right decision to get out and he's going to turn the other cheek and he's not going to go down this life of crime. But that's not what happens. That was a bit of a tragic tale, so to speak. And that's almost something that we saw in Sicario, which was you know, the father who gets wrapped up in the whole thing ends up getting killed in the end of Sicario. And you, you almost feel like here's the same fate, this kid, you know, the people in this lifestyle, they don't retire, right? There's no pension plan. You're not 55 years old doing these jobs of running people across the border and treating them like cattle, treating them like they're, they're assets, you know, they're capital. They're not people anymore. That, that lifestyle and, and engaging with authorities and gun battles and rubbing shoulders with cartels, there's no retirement plan. Unless you end up becoming a boss, which is kind of hilarious. It's almost, it's like the, it's like the more dirty version of the corporate ladder, which is like you can wallow away in a corporation forever and always be this low man on the totem pole and just eke out an existence, always hoping maybe you get more responsibility. <laughs> In this, it's a much different game. You don't even have that option, but you're always hoping, can I achieve the next level? Can I, can I get further in this operation? But you know, you don't see a lot of 60-year-old cartel guys hanging out. Most of them end up dead outside of the bosses and their immediate families. And even they sometimes end up dead. So you feel for the kid. You feel for him in, in this path he's getting sucked into. And, you know, it's, he's probably not really using a rational mind or making the right decisions. But it's definitely a good human element of the picture and something that I really appreciated about the movie. So, look, Day of the Soldado is a pretty decent film. I, I liked it enough. Um, if I was going to say didn't like it, liked it hate it, didn't like it, like it, loved it. I mean, it's it's a liked it. It's kind of barely a liked it. If I'm being honest, I probably like more scenes than I actually like the movie. Um, I don't know if I would watch it again. So I don't even, maybe I don't like it. Maybe I like it just enough to to have said, well, I guess I didn't feel like I wasted two hours. Um, but if you're if you're batting if you're batting this around in Sicario, honest to God, you can watch Sicario. You don't have to watch Soldado and um, you'll be fine. You could watch, you, you, you can watch Soldado and you probably won't hate your life if you like Sicario. You'll, you'll see it for what it is, which is a sequel. It's, they're doing what they're doing in the moment to try to get something done and doing a new story and keeping the same established characters. And, you know, it's, it's cheap to call it a money grab because every picture is a money grab, so to speak. But you know, you always feel a little bit more with sequels. You always feel a little bit more like it's a fucking money grab because that's kind of how I felt by the end of it. But 
I thought it was worth watching. So there's that. So I guess I'll say I liked it. I wish I could just pick indifferent, but it's not part of our scale. I don't want pe- I don't want people to rest on indifferent, and I don't dislike it enough to say I don't like it. So I'm just going to say uh, I liked it. I'm not going to say a solid I liked it. I'm going to say a barely I liked it. Um, I'm offering a qualifier. I'm being a little bitch. I'm qualifying my liked it. <laughs> I'm not speaking with conviction. So yeah, check it out, man. It's got some cool moments. It's definitely no Sicario, but it's worth a watch. And uh, the performances really help it. I think Josh Brolin is a standout this time around. And, um, you know, Benicio Del Toro is always good too. He always has that quiet charm about him, this, this gentleness, but you also get this feeling like he's a coiled viper. That's how you feel about Alejandro with Brolin. You feel like he's just a pit bull. He's, he's coming at you. He's, he's going he's gonna to bite down on his mouthpiece and wade into you, right? That's what's going to happen. Whereas Alejandro, you're not quite sure about it. He's smiling one next second. He's shooting lawyers in the middle of the street in the next second. So you never really know how you stand with him. But those two, the movie rests on those two. And in my opinion, more Josh Brolin this time than Benicio Del Toro. So, But yeah, a little bit of a cop-out at the end. A little bit of a cop-out by not wasting Alejandro. And, um, you know, a character, no character as relatable as Emily Blunt's character was in Sicario. So that's what you got with Soldado. Check it out. Some, uh, some cool moments with, uh, the firearms. You can tell that the, um, that executing gun battles is something they take seriously. And that's something I really appreciate about this movie. I think they do a good job with that, but they just don't have the same sense of dread and tension as a result of probably not having Villeneuve and Johansson behind this picture. And uh, that's just the way it goes. It's a sequel. That's it. That's it, baby. All right. Next time on the show, here's what we are going to be talking about. Let me pull up the name of this movie. This is a great recommendation from Danny Falch, which was already on my radar, so I'm glad he reminded me of it. We are going to be talking about Black 47. Black 47 is the name of the movie we're going to be doing next on the Real Quick Podcasts. Uh, it came out in 2018. It's directed by Lance Daly or Daly. I don't know how to say that. Probably Daly. And uh, it stars Hugo Weaving, James Fresheville, and Stephen Ray. So interested in this immediately. The plot says, set in Ireland during the Great Famine, the drama follows an Irish ranger who has been fighting for the British army abroad. As he abandons his post to reunite with his family, despite experiencing the horrors of war, he is shocked by the famine's destruction of his homeland and the brutalization of his people and his family. So I'm looking forward to talking about that. I love some good old-fashioned Irish drama, some good old-fashioned Irish oppression. I love stories like this, so I'm looking forward to it. And uh, we're going to watch the preview in just a minute here. Let me get it up. All right, here we go. I love this country. What's left of it? Scenery. You peasants are all the same. No appreciation of beauty. Beauty would be held in much higher regard, sir, if it could be eaten. This is the final order to vacate. We are taking the roof off. No! The English cannot be forgiven. We've received reports of a deadly attack on our constabulary station in Connemara. What do you want? One of our Connacht Rangers. I understand that he is an effective soldier. Find this man. He was the best soldier I ever met. Sir, you are in grave danger. Do you think this is the first time our lives have been threatened? This is different. 
kill a man. They call it murder. If they do it, they call it war. All right, man. This looks awesome. This looks like it's got some good drama. Looks like there's some decent action in it. Calling itself an Irish Braveheart. I can get behind that. And uh, it looks good, man. It looks like compelling drama. I love the runtime. You guys uh, listen to the Science Fiction Film Podcast, and you know I'm a fan of shorter runtime, so I'm looking forward to this film. And uh, yeah, so just a quick note on the film and the coverage of this film and when that's going to happen. So today is October 5th. Uh, It looks like I'm going to be doing Friday releases for real quick. It seems to be sort of just landing on that day. That said, I will not be releasing this this particular episode for uh, Black 47 until October 19th. I have to take next week off from the Real Quick Podcasts because I'm working on another pretty sizable project for our members, uh, the Science Fiction Film Podcast. They're getting this early release on a big RPG production we're doing, and we're recording next Sunday, the 14th. And I want to use next week from the 8th to the 12th to really hammer down the details of that recording. So, not going to be here next week. We'll be returning next week with Black 47 on October 19th. So if you do not see an episode in your feed for the second week of October, fear not, it will be coming on the 19th, at the latest, at the latest. I might even get it to you guys before that. It could, I could even get it to you on the 16th of Tuesday, but don't expect an episode next week, I guess is my point. And uh, thank you guys very much for tuning in yet again. Again, check out Soldado. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. It's got some good combat moments. Otherwise, it's just okay. And uh, I will see you guys in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, visit us on libertystreetgeek.net. That's libertystreetgeek.net. We can see all of the wonderful shows that we have to offer. Make sure you share us. And do me a favor. If you haven't reviewed us yet, if you're a science fiction film podcast listener listening right now, do me a favor and go ahead and review it. Uh, Subscribe to it. That's the biggest one. And, of course, share. Uh, Podcasting is very much a word-of-mouth business for people in my position, which is we make money podcasting, but not enough to hire a marketing team. So there's that. All right, guys. Thank you for everything. Again, visit us on the web. Enjoy this episode, and I will see you on the 19th with Black 47. Hasta la vista. vivid memory of the first time. I was attending my niece's wedding and was at the sink in the men's room when a wet spot on the front of my trousers caught my eye, an unwelcome contribution from my bladder. Fortunately, I was wearing black and with my jacket buttoned, no one would be the wiser anyway, but for me, I knew it was time to see a urologist. Want to laugh during life's most embarrassing moments? LSG can help. Go to libertystreetgeek.net. Podcasters will give you a reason to wet yourself.